Yodel. It's the medical episode. This is how we start the interview, too. Listen, I've always said it, Brad. I'll say it now. I'll say it again. The way you ease tension is talking about a colonoscopy. <laughs> was, it, was it Benjamin Franklin who said that? Yes, I believe it Whitman? was Benjamin Franklin. Whitman? Could have been Whit- Emerson? He, but anyway, I, I, I was going to just tell you the story. So I, when I was younger, I had headed up to uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts to play the New Bedford Fest, which was went on for a few years and quite a few cool bands. I remember the one I played, it was like uh, early cave-in when they were still super heavy. Wow. And I think um, like Piebald and yeah, so some, some cool older, you know, Northeast bands. Right. And of course, I don't have, uh, I, I think at the time I'm in a band called Yellboy, either Yellboy or Full Circle Swing. I'm not sure which one. Or the low-end theory. I don't fucking know at this point. I've been in a lot of bands. And, of course, I don't have cases. I, I, I never had cases for my drums until much later. And I'm carrying the classic uh, kick drum, floor tom, rack tom stack, you know, with no cases right. into the venue. Floor tom rolls off, you know, smashes on the sidewalk. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I put it down and I'm worried about it. It looks okay. And I rub my finger around the rim just to see. And I got like a little metal sliver, like caught in my finger. And I was like, ah, oh. fuck, that hurts, you know? And I start just, just messing with it. You know, I'm kind of picking at it, but I have to play, you know, I'm like, this wasn't like me loading into like a venue's backstage. I was like loading onto the stage to play, nah, you right. know? And I was like, fuck, I got to play. So I just like wrap something around it and then spent, you know, subsequently at least 30 minutes with my finger totally bent, uh, you know, essentially jamming this little metal sliver ah. in. By the time I get off stage, I'm, I'm looking for it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this thing's so deep, like, whatever. And I'm like, I guess, all right, I guess I have a metal sliver in my finger now. Like, <laughs> like whatever. Uh, I was like, I guess I'll just grow around it. Maybe I'll get some Wolverine type powers or something. And and well, same as con- your story. It's conceivable because if it had been a wooden splinter, it probably would like eat, work its way out or sort of get consumed. Yeah, like a more natural product would yeah. have would have made its way in. Yeah, yeah, yeah p- potentially. But same as you, why your story made me think of it was so you know a week or two later, just a big bump just appears on my you know the inside of my pointer finger. I'm like, oh yeah, that's not right, you know. And I get an x-ray and this little metal sliver had gone, you know, deep in, almost hitting the bone uh, and was, you know, affecting all the tissue in there and creating this bump. But it wasn't bothering but you? It wasn't hurting? Uh, not at first. And then okay. it started getting weird. Yeah. Yeah. It did start getting weird. I, I think it was probably about 10 to 12 days afterwards where I said, okay, I don't think I can live with this metal sliver in my finger. Uh, (laughs) And, but the cool thing about this was like, you know, I'm scared of a lot of stuff. Super paranoid guy. But I I don't know. I'm not freaked out by gore and like blood and guts. Like that stuff is fine for me. So they put my whole arm asleep and I got to watch like the incision right in my pointer finger, Jesus. like flap the skin back on either side. And I see like my muscle and bone. Uh, I was young too. I was like 17. So I was there with my mom and she was 
not stoked. No. And, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, doc, like, what is that? And I'm like, super stoked about it. He's like, you're okay. I'm like, this is rad. Uh, I don't know what it was. Like, I was like really into seeing the inside of my body. Um, oh, yeah. And I got wow. sewed up. My arm came back to sleep. No more metal. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. Honest. I don't know if I could do that. I, from the, when I was a little kid, you know, my dad told me like, just don't look when they, you know, I didn't like to get shots. He'd be like, just don't look and you won't notice. And to right. this day, I have no problem oh, getting, a, your... I have no problem getting a needle, getting blood drawn at all, but I never look. I never you can't look. look. I right. just don't because I don't know. I don't know how I'll be with it. <laughs> so you haven't looked since like you were six <laughs> yeah. years old or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. I just look away. I mean, whatever, it works. You know, it's a good tactic. But I, I don't know, yeah, how it would be with them opening up my body. I mean, I would I would like to think I could look at it because I'm actually really interested in it, but... Right. I mean, I don't want to sound like Mr. Brave. Like, I don't... Like, I literally, I'm scared to go on elevators, you know? So this isn't some, some thing. But for some reason, that doesn't freak me out. I could definitely do it. I could look at a video of it. I just don't know if I could do it in real time. Even, yeah, no, actually, I was about to tell a story I'm not going to tell. Okay, <laughs> clip that. So, this was a fun interview. Yes, very fun. I was very pleasantly, I won't say surprised, but delighted. How's that? Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. Yeah. You never know. No. Especially you never know until you get on the horn with someone. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a, it's like a sweet relief after five minutes when you're like, oh, okay, cool, this person's... We got a normal... <laughs> smart, yeah, smart, engaging, easy to talk to, uh, you know, enriched by their life and music. And and me personally, it was one of those ones that, as I said towards the end, um, I was really happy to do research for it because the more and more I was just listening to music and listening to interviews, I was more engaged and yeah. walk away this one as a fan. I mean... <laughs> You've been listening to me talk a lot. Like, what's the percentage of artists that I tell that make me cry? I know it's happened a couple of times, but... I can only think of it happening, like, maybe two other times. It's a handful, right? Like, yeah. not a lot. Yeah. But I was watching it. It was just the right video at the right time, the right music. And that video, I Would Find You, which connected with me today. Woo! Got That's me. I had the goosey bumpies, the whole deal. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Actually, I just got the rest of the record in my email, so I'll be listening to that later. But really enjoyed the music, really enjoyed the conversation, good insight, East Coaster, Northeaster, 
Yeah. Everything we need from an artist, you know? <laughs> yeah, she's cool. And you got to be cool. ready for those guitar questions, Brad. Yes, sir. <laughs> you're the fucking, you're the guitar man, okay? Yeah, I figured That's it's fun. a little more natural. All right, well, let's, let's get into a... Uh, Drive that train right into the colon. <laughs> it's going Recording. I just have to say that by law. No. I know. <laughs> but Brad, as I'm finding out the last couple of weeks, are you at the age where you get your, your butt probed? Dude, we already talked about this. On air? <laughs> yeah, I think so. On wax? <laughs> I refuse to talk about this. Uh, yeah. I mean, strange way to kick off a podcast, you know? <laughs> I'm nervous though, Brad. Oh, why? You got to get it done? Well, no. Maybe this is the reason it came up is because I may need knee surgery. Oh, no. I have, I have a torn meniscus. So, Benny. Oh, I, I had that surgery. But, Benny, you I just, had it. I got to oh, tell yeah, you one thing, perfect. though, Benny. This is really, okay. really, really important. If oh, you're Jesus. about to have knee surgery and your doctor is trying to crawl up your ass, you need to find another doctor. <laughs> Wait, he told me that was the route. <laughs> it's, it seems logical. <laughs> Elise, this is not the route? Uh, mine was just the knee. I oh, didn't have to do any, any butt stuff. <laughs> so, all right. So you can help me. Like, I'm actually... That's why you're I'm, here. We, we're not, yeah, we don't you. really care thank about you for coming in. Band. Thanks for coming in. We'll just the medical advice. At yeah. some point. I heard you're very good at this. Um, so... What what's the experience like? Because I I'm not too nervous about the knee itself, but I'm uh -huh. very nervous about being like put down, which is I've never done before. Oh, Can yeah, I've done it twice now. I had to, I had a I had two surgeries. Um, okay, the knee one was like ten years ago, probably. Okay, but from what I remember, like. It is kind of scary to be like, oh, they're just going to knock me out completely. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but then it's it's obviously way better that they do that cuz you don't want to be awake for it, but um I don't. I, I definitely no, don't. Oh, I don't okay. think so. Yeah. You okay. don't you don't want to move. They're afraid you'll move, I think. Yeah, that's cuz they use those those tiny little like my scars from it are the two of the smallest scars I have. They just use those like like they put a little camera in and then they put this little crazy tool thing in and they just go to work. And yeah, it's just like two dots, right? Like, yeah, 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 it's pretty yeah. wild. That's what I was um, told. But yeah, you just, you go, I, I went to a room and this guy came in and gave me like the the go to sleep drugs. And then they... <laughs> <laughs> how, they wait, how long from like meeting this person to being asleep? Like how long was that? They walked with me to the operating room. Okay. So it was so you like had a little bit of a setup there. Yeah. Okay. And like somebody came in and like just extra shaved my knee, I think, to make sure there was like no hair to right. like cause an infection. We walked in and walked in and all the surgeons had like some rap song blasting i don't i don't remember what it was because i was always get, already getting really fuzzy oh, and, it and then per your request it was no, their no. own surgical music <laughs> yeah they were like getting ready and then wow, they saw me right. and they were like oops and turned it down and i was like it's fine like psych yourself up for this yeah and at least uh, you had a fun crew yeah and then they lie you down and they say and they i think they give you like maybe they give you two different medicines because i remember like getting some medicine and then getting in the room and then being like Okay, now we're really going for it. Like yeah, I was already kind of woozy. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. And they're like, count back for us from 10 and you get to like eight and you're out. Yeah. And you're out. And you just yeah. woke up in like another room and your knee was done. Yep. Just woke up in some other room. Same thing when I got my finger surgery, just woke up. I thought I was going to be awake for that one. So I was su- surprised to wake up in another room. Oh, you and, didn't uh, know? <laughs> no, I thought that they had, <laughs> I thought that we, I had said I wanted to be put on, put to sleep because yeah. I have like, I I had surgery on my teeth when I was a kid. They pulled some adult teeth out of my head and oh, Novocaine yeah. doesn't do anything for yeah. me. So it was just like crazy painful. Oh, fuck. Um, so I was like, I don't want to live that again. Cause I was like 16, I think when I got this uh, finger surgery. That's no boy. It was only like four years later. Yeah. So I thought I was going to be awake and I woke up in this, uh, in this bed, like freezing, but under like a million blankets. And I was like, let's see what my hand looks like and lifted it up above my head and then lost all strength and punched myself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and all these nurses came running. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. It's You'll wake up and then they're going to give you painkillers and you're going to go like three days and think, oh, it doesn't hurt that much. I don't need these painkillers. And you're going to stop taking them and realize it actually hurts like a ton and you still need them. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, stopping taking painkillers is not always for pain, you know? Like, <laughs> I like, hate them. Like, if Maybe it happens feel to like... line up with a Sunday evening, <laughs> I may take two. No, no I'm, I'm just me... kidding, listeners. <laughs> just kidding. That's I wanted to stop early because I get all like, I get, I, they make me feel nauseous. I know. I remember my father had a surgery and he told me, like, I have this giant bottle of Percocets or something. Yeah. And he's like, I took one. I hated the way it made me feel. And I'm just, you know, they're just sitting here in my head. I'm like, do you realize the street value (laughs) of what's in your medicine cabinet right now, old man? Yeah. Come on. You don't have to cut receipts for two months. (laughs) I I think I still have, unless I might've cleaned it up like in the last year, but I I had the bottle from my knee surgery. From that one? Yeah. Cause I just like, as soon as I could just take Advil, like the pain wasn't yeah, was yeah. low enough. I was like, I'm switching. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be in that boat now because I, I have two kids, and it's like, uh, yeah, you know, the the windows of opportunity for benders are just <laughs> they're just slimmer and slimmer. You know, like right, I can just barely squeeze them in anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a, it's a real shame. What do they do? Is that pill like like the government effort to like reclaim everybody's old pills? Why, why am I not allowed to just throw those in the trash? Big fish, dude. Yeah, Who and fishes? they get in the water system. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, it actually, oh, yeah, there's an environmental yeah, reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You're drugging so the fish. Really? I can throw like a Duracell battery in the fucking trash? You're not supposed to throw those in the trash yeah. either. Where, do, where am I putting those? You're supposed to eat them. So- <laughs> you lay I've, the end to see if there's a tingle. No, I knew I knew you're not supposed to. I've just never known where you're actually supposed to bring them. I've never seen like battery drop-off center or something, you know? I get like a letter in the mail like once a year they're, they're like like for those recycling hazardous chemicals and battery recycling. Really? Events. I guess you're supposed to ah, save them for that. Yeah. Shit. New York City, see? Yeah. <laughs> Do you get those, Brad? Or is this a Brooklyn thing? No, but we, I live in a big apartment building and we have these like um, electronic recycling bins downstairs. In the building? Yeah. It's fucking oh, wow. cool. It's awesome. Not only is it awesome because I don't, I feel better about the environment, but like, I've, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I'd be like, oh shit, I need like a nine volt adapter 
Like the, even the ones you use with your guitar pedals, I'll be like, <laughs> fuck, I need another nine volt adapter. And I'll go downstairs and find one in the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Are That's you fish awesome. out of the recycling Yeah, or like a <laughs> USB cable. Like I found, like anytime I need any little shit, I'll go down and like fish around. And the thing is, is like there's four buildings in my complex and they each have a thing. So if there's nothing in mine, I can go to the next building. That's great. Yeah. That's the perfect reuse is yeah. the first thing. I'm, I'm recycling. Reuse. That's right. Yeah. I feel real shitty about this. Ba- like, uh, you know, I'm, I like compost. I try to be like an environmental person and I didn't realize... <laughs> What I've been doing. So what is, Brad, you've lived out in the like woods before. What do I do with all these batteries? I don't know. There's got to be something. What, do I something. go to a quarry or something? You got to, <laughs> it's like, the, it's like. Uh, just throw them in the rock quarry. It's like, what yeah. do you do with your bo- your recycling, your bottles and cans? I mean, take them to the recycle. I, can I, should I just put them in my recycling no, and but let there them might deal be a, with it at the center? There's got to be an electronics <laughs> recycling. I think like. Some of the big box stores, like Best Buy, I think takes take stuff, yeah. like batteries and stuff. I okay. know Best Buy definitely takes like old printers and stuff. I bet they take batteries too. Oh, I got to get on this. I feel I feel remiss. I brought it up so <laughs> cavalierly, as if you would both go, "Yeah, we don't do shit with batteries either." <laughs> <laughs> so that that one really backfired on me. Um, wah, wah. Yeah, it happens. Well, thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. I heard Chris Farron texted you today asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind like of serendipitous. Like two hours ago. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm doing that at three. <laughs> I know. And then I confirmed with him. I was like, wait, is it creepy that I hit people up on Twitter for interviews? Is it? It's okay, right? Um, It's fine. Like, it's not creepy. It's I, not creepy. What's a better? I, what would have been better? I I am a person who likes emails better because I okay. sometimes don't check my like my DMs yeah. at all. And As you shouldn't. That's why. <laughs> that's why I feel so weird going into them. Yeah, because you know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm always worried. I I just think something mean's going to be in there always, even though like uh, that's not what's going to happen. I'm just worried. So <laughs> I mean, it's I, Twitter. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. It's you a, never know. It's a mean place. Yeah, exactly. This is a very mean place. Well, so. thanks for coming on. I'm glad we connected regardless. I just was telling Chris, I'm like, I'm 41. I got a mustache. <laughs> I, I can like classify trees by sight. I'm like, oh, I got to be, cool. be careful these days though, you know, because <laughs> I'm like inherently just growing into part creep, whether I like it or not. So I think I have to be like extra cautious, you know? No, it's not creepy, especially if you don't start it off like being weird. You just got straight to the point of like. Hello? Hello? You're still there, but we cannot hear you. What's going on? Let me see. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that Motley crew? Uh, Ozzy. Ozzy. Oh, no, Van Halen. Yeah, Van Halen. (laughs) I actually just heard the real story recently about why they did it, apparently. The M&M like, story? Yeah. To make sure people are reading their contract? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I thought they were just, you know, I went years thinking, who dicks. likes brown M&Ms that much? <laughs> they all taste the same, you know? <laughs> it's funnier that way, though. It is. It is. <laughs> I appreciate, uh, you a Van Halen fan? Van Hagar? Me? Yeah. No. No, neither. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh no wait Bru- what's van hagar 
Uh, it was like the second era of Van Halen was Sammy Hagar singing. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's like when they got more like... Uh, Horrible. Less like Hollywood love songs and more like heartfelt, you know, love songs. <laughs> sure. Yeah. From, I know Hot for Teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> what about you, Brad? Do you like Halen? Or Hagar? Uh, I know you don't like. Hagar, I hate Van I'm sure. Hagar. Of course, of course. I can tolerate. I can tolerate um, Van Halen in sort of a you know nostalgic way. I mean, you must have idolized Eddie Van Halen at one no, point in your I life. I never liked technical guitar players at any point in my life. I was that always like going for the crunchy. Not true. No, dude, there's not one of those guys that I ever really enjoyed listening to. I just didn't like the. I didn't like those. What they were playing, man. <laughs> I mean, the, I, I mean, I don't either, but I, it was just hard to believe, especially because of the pants you wore back in the 80s Especially because 90s. I grew up in the fucking middle of nowhere amongst like yeah. total hillbillies. Yeah. yeah. plenty. There were you, plenty of fans all around me. Trust me. I thought you guys wore spandex and, and listened to Van Halen. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of growing up, um, I read that uh, you grew up, uh, born in D.C., grew up in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, whereabouts? Uh, I grew up in Rockville, Maryland. Okay. That's um, not too far outside, right? No, it's, I mean, depending on traffic, obviously. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> DC traffic. Like, yeah. 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Depending on like where you're trying to get. Downtown is like 45 minutes. So. And I saw you went to Brooklyn 11 years ago. Was that as like an adult or a kid? Like, um, As an adult. Oh, yeah. okay. So you proper, <laughs> proper grew up down there. So... Was were you pretty? Um, were you affiliated with like uh, the DC scene? Is is that where like uh, music was for you down there? Or did you did you all have something going on in you know your local area and and, and a scene out there? Um, I was mostly in the DC scene because I mean there was definitely stuff going on in Rockville, but I went to high school in DC, so that's where oh okay I knew all my friends <laughs> and and like started bands and stuff. So you like commuted into high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it like metro. a performing school or something? No, it was just a like a progressive private school. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was it was like in the. It was the first integrated school in D.C. or something in the 40s. Oh, wow. No and, yeah, shit. so it was like a, a cool private school, not like a wear a uniform and... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not know. like Dead Poets Society or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. it was... Right. And so there were actually a lot of bands. It's um, it's actually where uh, half of Fugazi went. Oh, um, cool. So okay. we were like across the street from Wilson, basically. No shit. Um, yeah. So now everybody knows... That, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I, I mostly, mostly played in bands and shows like it in DC, and then like occasionally further out in the in the suburbs. There was a house we used to play at a lot in. I I don't actually remember if it was technically Rockville or Silver Spring, but um, I feel like I played yeah. the basement of a church in Rockville, Maryland. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds. <laughs> Sounds familiar. A band called Driving in Silence. It was from down there. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know why that just rang a bell. Um, so what were the venues in, in D.C. when you were going down? The same ones that are, are now or some of the different stuff? 
Well, yeah, when we were like going to shows like 930 Club and Black Cat. Yeah, um, the, the classics. The classics, yeah. And uh, there was a place called Nation that would do shows sometimes. That's gone. Oh, yeah. But uh, there were, we played at like, well, we played the Black Cat backstage when they used to have that downstairs. Oh, the, right. The bar and everything, which was yeah. fun. But uh, most of the other places, well, the Electric Maid is still around out in Tacoma. Um, okay. But uh, like there was a place called Kaffa House and there was the U-Turn. Oh, there were the just a bunch of, I remember yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh-huh. there's just like a bunch of places that are all gone now, and then some church basements um, and like houses and stuff. When like yeah. you know someone from my area, you know, you say DC scene, and it just like automatically goes to Discord. You know, yeah. maybe you grow up and you get like bad brains, you know, a little more or something like that. But have you ever like? You know, the same way sometimes I'm like, I get a little annoyed by like, oh, tell me about like the Jersey, Jersey Shore sound. I'm like, what the, I don't know what the fuck you're really talking about. Like, do you ever like not know what people are talking about with the DC sound or is it like actually that acutely like specific you think? Um, It feels pretty specific to me. I feel like there's a lot, like I cannot remember what band it was now. I was just talking to somebody about, they played me this band. I was like, oh, it sounds like a DC band. Oh, okay. And they were like, yeah, it does. Um, but uh, that's like a, also a very specific part of DC. So what um, was it about that band that made it sound like a DC band to you? Like the rhythms or something? Yeah, it sounded like Q and Not You, basically. Yeah, just that spastic yeah. like rhythm stuff. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, which, and it was cool. And I'm really mad. I can't remember who they were right now. This is where I, I wonder if, if Brendan Canty doesn't get enough credit for like inventing the DC sound to a degree. <laughs> you know, the drummer from Fugazi. Like, yeah. It's just so specific. No one played like that, you know? And then mm-hmm. I think those bands like Q and Not You and, uh, you know, maybe like Dismemberment Plan and, you know, the bands that came after them just took it to like another level. I don't know. I give a little respect to Brendan Canty there. Yeah, I uh, I was just listening to um, David Bazan talk about Fugazi a bunch on um, uh, Turned Out a Punk. Oh, really? And he was yeah, he was talking a lot about about their like influence sound wise and how they like set up this whole thing that everyone like jumped on in a in a good way. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Not Are you like, a fan of Fugazi? Yeah. Yes, but like more casually, I think because it was. Like they, I actually saw them play at Fort Reno um, in high school. Oh, was, cool. And, but that was when I was like just getting into them. So um, I think I'm, I think I just got into it a little later. So like I am, I always like it when I hear it and I can hear like things. Like I was really big into Q and Not You. Right. Um, they're awesome. Yeah. So like I like it, but I, I don't, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm like. I don't know that much about them. You know what I mean. Like but a I, every Fugazi time, file. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I every, know some. Every time. <laughs> I know some real Fugazi creeps for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got um, my very first like vinyl record that was mine. My friend gave me his copy of End Hits. Ooh. Um, so I used to listen to that a lot because I was like my first record. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, and I, I loved it, and like I, but I never did like a deep dive on like the lore more so than just like being in DC and hearing it, 
You know? Yeah, sure. Like the shadow of it. Yeah. So I read you got first guitar at nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how did that come to be? Were you uh, a lot of music going on in your house? Do you like a musical family? Um, you know, what was your initial attraction to start playing like that? Um, why my mom sang and, and played some piano and my dad always was like, they both listened to a lot of music. My dad always had music on, still does. Like he just sits and listens to music all day. Um, what, what's his vibe? Um, it's mostly, he listens to a lot of everything, but I would say he mostly listens to a lot of like sixties, like R and B and soul mm. stuff and like some funk and I want to hang out with your dad. That's yeah. my wheelhouse. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Huge record and CD collection at nice. the house. Yeah. Cause he just like, he, that's what he used to do is just buy up records and CDs. Um, does he have like the classic rad, like old man listening station kind of thing going on? He has several listening stations. Yeah. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> he's got the one in, he's got, he's got the one that's like the whole big old stereo with like the, the record player and all that stuff. Headphones with a cord. There's headphones with a cord there, but there's also really nice speakers <laughs> okay. there so he can do either. And then in like the room that's attached to that room, which is his like computer room, he has the headphones with the cord set up, but like going through a big receiver and stuff. Yeah. Um, Serious business. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's that he's gets that stereophile magazine. Oh, oh really? <laughs> like, yeah. Just like oh, reads shit. it every time. So that's his, that's his big that's thing. That's a dangerous thing, but, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of speakers coming in and out of the house. You know, he'd buy, get new ones and then decide he wants something else, sell those. Um, wow. But like, that's his thing. Do, what, do you know, you know how like every guitar player has their go-to testing song or testing yeah. riff? Yeah. I, I notice most like stereophiles have their go-to testing song. Like yeah. that they know what it sounds like on each system. Do you know what his is? I don't know what his is, but I should find out because I'm sure he has one. Yeah, yeah. Like every sound. What's your go- What's your uh, testing riff? Um, like at Soundcheck? Yeah. Right now it is uh, a David Bazan song actually called Eating Paper, I think. Okay. I've just been playing the riff for a while and now I forget what the name is, but it's just like, it's just like, a bunch of power chords, but they're like spaced out a little bit and heavy. So I can make sure like that the crunch sounds good, you know? Yeah. Good to determine sound. Yeah. The crunch. But crunch, please. (laughs) Um, You said you had a, your original obsession with guitar was Billy Joe Armstrong. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, What do you, do you remember like what drew you to, to Green Day and that, that kind of stuff? And are, are you still, still a fan today? Um, yes. Okay. So, so the guitar came into the house because as I said, my dad likes stereo stuff. Right. And he went to this store called Venom and Music that's now a guitar center. And there was a guitar with a, I think, I don't know what he was doing there, but there was a guitar with a um, amp on sale, a Yamaha Pacifica with a little crate amp on sale Uh for like, a good deal so that he bought that and that's why I play the guitar. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, but did you have any interest before and he just like, this is a good deal, I'm going to get it and make her play it. <laughs> um, he, 
I had taken piano lessons. I was interested in music in general, but I don't think I was like, I want to play the guitar. I just remember him coming home. He came home with a guitar and a bass. My brother already played the drums and the piano. Um, <laughs> One of the and, band. <laughs> yeah, he came yeah. home with a guitar and a bass. Both like those, the bass was a, some sort of Yamaha also oh. um, with a little crate amp. And I was like, I get the guitar. You have to play the bass <laughs> to my brother. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's, yeah. And then very- Little did you know you cursed him for life. <laughs> no, <laughs> with he's- With that one fail swoop. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a ridiculous bassist, actually. It's okay. pretty wild. Ah, yeah, nice. He's like a next um, level one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he went to like Berkeley College of Music on like a bass scholarship. Oh, like a real yeah. bass player. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, like yeah. he's wild. Um, but uh, yeah, so Green Day came into the picture right around the same time because it was when Dookie came out. Okay. My neighbor Jeff brought the CD over and to and was like to me and my brother. We were like eight or nine and seven or something. Okay, and uh, and he was like this record is great. You're going to love it. And we put it on. My brother had a, his own little stereo set up at this time in his room. And we put it on in his room. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I love I love that. And it was probably Longview, the first song, right? Uh, I think we started from the beginning. So it oh, would have been burnout. the record. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think my first one was, was video. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. No, I didn't see a video. My first video was Peaches by... Uh, presidents of the Ooh. United States of America. That's oh, a good that's one. Funny. Also at Jeff's house, um, <laughs> the neighbor. So Je- Jeff here was a big influence on in your early musical life. Yeah, he was a little older, you know, and yeah. and uh, so, and they had cable, I think. I don't think we had, we didn't have cable. Oh, that's big. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, I think we can all agree Dookie is a great record. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of just drew me in and then I just... I just, I started taking guitar lessons and my teacher was like, oh, I know Green Day. I can teach you some songs. Cool. So those, I started, I like learned Basket Case as like my first song that I learned. Wow. That's and, fa- uh, fast for a song. That's good. Yeah. I don't know if I could play it along to the record, but I knew all the chords and I could play right. it alone, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, Maybe not but, with Trey Cool yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, just something about, uh, something about like, I like the way he played. I like that a lot of the stuff I could play as a kid, but mm. was still like challenged by. Right, right. But and it's like attainable. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It felt. It felt like. Yeah, it felt like. Oh, I could. I could do this if I just put in some practice. And um, I don't know. I just. And then Insomniac came out, and I just loved that record. Was there anything beyond the music? Were you attracted to kind of the, you know, the punk rock spirit and and sort of the you know, at the time of what was on TV, it kind of had a very different, like, reckless nature, I guess. Were you into, uh, drawn into kind of the, like, alternative subculture, too, as a result? I think so. Um, but, like, a little bit later, you okay. know, when I could, like, maybe when I was, like, 11 and 12, that probably started when I could, like, go... Like I had friends that were listening to it then that we could like share CDs and I would go to the Best Buy. I remember I would get like, <laughs> I got like Punkarama 3. Right. And that opened up a whole bunch of new bands to sure. to check out. Um, and so, yeah. And then the early internet helped where I could like, just like use, I don't even know what search engine it would have been at the time, but like 
be like, let's look at pictures of Green Day or find interviews <laughs> and see what they're talking about and, you know, like do a yeah, deep what dive was into the that pre- stuff. What was the pre-Google search? I, wasn't it just like your web provider? Like it was the Flash page? Oh, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. we went on, we like signed in to AOL right. to get on the internet. I, th- I had Bell Atlantic, bellatlantic.net. I think, Bell I think Yahoo might have been a search engine, wasn't it? I think uh, yeah. I think Yahoo existed too. Ask Jeeves. Oh yeah, Ask Jeeves. That was one of them. The butler who would get answers for you. I preferred and- that. <laughs> I preferred that little butler. You want I've never someone had someone helping you. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least if I'm gonna be living in Cyberland, at least give me the illusion that I have a butler. You know? <laughs> be nice. Mm-hmm. I think I'd feel too bad to have a butler. Yeah, just ordering him around yeah, all the time. I, I'd be riddled with guilt. I'd be like, no, no, don't worry, I'll take care of that. I'd end up serving him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to like have someone do stuff that you could yeah. That you could do yourself. Like if I if I was really busy and he was helping me clean up, like sure. But if I was yeah. like just sitting on my ass, like that time of the day where I'm like just sitting there and watching uh-huh. watching someone else clean, I don't think I could deal with that. I even have trouble like when we get now that we're playing slightly bigger venues and we get there and there are like guys out front being like, give us your stuff to carry. I'm like, oh no, I could don't worry oh. about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel <laughs> bad I, for loaders. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm like, oh right, that's like that's literally Yeah. They get it's paid fine. for like 45 minutes twice a day. Right. And yeah. If you don't give them that guitar, they just have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's nice to take a little load off once in a while. So, yeah. Yeah. You deserve yeah, it. it. You deserve it. It's true. It's true. I got to be honest. It, it was one of those things. It does feel nice. It feels nice. But then also, I think people can really like, you get people go too far with that stuff where they don't even like know what they're playing anymore. You know what I mean? Like how their own shit is set up. Like people do go way too far with how much they'll let people do. Um, (laughs) We're definitely not there. They, they bring it in and they drop it on the floor or on the stage. Right. And then we, usually (laughs) not in order at all. Well, you keep doing these Jeff Rosenstock tours, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was how he likes to bling it around around America. <laughs> very, they, very flamboyant, throws yeah. cash around, just like rips off singles to people. It's really wild. They each the had their own bus. It was pretty crazy. I know. Every, this, they couldn't be on the same bus together. This whole bomb the music industry thing really went <laughs> south. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Um, well, before, before we get too into Jeff, I did, I did talk to Jeff before I uh, got in touch with you, just in case. But I was... <laughs> Um, I was curious. So you had a band from fourth grade to 12th grade? Yeah. So is this like just, was it you and your brother for, for this eight years or did you have other young artists on your albums? <laughs> it was, uh, it started off as me and my brother, my friend, Matt Sims, my friend, David Chaletsky. I wonder if they like that. I'm saying they're, I'm just fine. And, uh, Matt, and my friend, Dave. <laughs> and my nice. friend Jake. Welcome. Welcome in. <laughs> Welcome into the sh- the program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and uh so it was five of us and we would just in fourth grade and we would just play in the basement like every Saturday, basically. Yes. Um covers at, at first, or you going originals yeah. from the okay. Mostly covers. I had I had three originals that I'd written. Um they were called H <laughs> A Pi. And, uh, oh no, I forgot what the third one was now. 
I just had it. It doesn't what matter. It, what did HA stand for? Oh, I don't know because my, my <laughs> I wrote the I wrote the guitar for that one, and okay. my brother wrote the lyrics, and he used to just say HA out of the performance. <laughs> and I, I don't know. He was seven oh, or okay. something at this time. Well, he was in second grade. So um, I have pro- no idea. It's probably prolific, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I should ask. I think I asked him before and I think he doesn't know either, but I'll, I'll okay. ask him again. So you were um, the guitar player in this. Yeah, I get. I play guitar and sing. Um, Did you have a name? I, yeah, I'm not going to tell you it though. I've kept okay. it a secret for so long. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it's very stupid. Mystery. Mystery. Yeah. And is, it's it, like, is it problematic or just stupid? Uh, just stupid. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like just like a dumb, really stupid, dumb joke that like middle schoolers would think is funny. Oh, uh, this uh, is very intriguing. Could be but like, it's all. But you can still find it on like. There's also a bunch of other bands with this name because it's like dumb. And uh, okay, you can still find I the MySpace is still up, but like the songs are gone because of that. All right, going off, yeah. going off track. Patreons, do your work. <laughs> Get in there. Do some I want to know. <laughs> um, I'm I'm looking at the two albums as we speak. They're on my shelf. But, See, when um, did the actual albums get released? Like what grades? Um, I think ninth, either eighth and ninth, eighth or ninth for the first one, and then twelfth for the oh, second it. one. And yeah, and is this um? So this was like kind of your avenue with your brother into home recording and recording yourselves? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so the band became just just me and Michael and David. The um, David originally played guitar and then switched to drums. Um, and the two of them were both like super into home recording. And I was just kind of would watch and help, and like help, but didn't get into the actual recording right. side of it. Um it was fun. We did most of this stuff like live together cool. and then would like use like the best take or like sometimes would go in and overdub some stuff. Hmm. Um, and like, and, and, and where did you get like the, uh, like the gear? Like, was this your, your dad sourcing stereo stores or? <laughs> uh, between Michael and David, we, they had like a little, like one of those, I remember one of the rec- records was done on that, that Apple compute the Mac book, the oh, iMac, the yeah, one that like, was colored, like big. Sure. One of them was done on that. And between Michael and David, they both like they were super into like microphones and recording. So they would like in the beginning just kind of we used it like all the cheap stuff, but they you know they kind of would get excited about it and like trade up as they went on oh, stuff. Cool. And yeah, are those people so, are they still into it? Yeah, Michael, my brother has still records most right. of my records and yeah, mixes I know your them all. Does. Yeah. And David, um, I know is playing. He's still recording and playing. I I know that Michael just like mastered something for him. And, cool. Um, so yeah, they're everyone's of the th- the three of us are still all doing it. So I mean, it's it our, sounds like yeah. it sounds like you. Um, I mean, did you have? Uh, at this point, did you have like another um, path for yourself uh, getting set or, you know, based on what you were doing, did you kind of know you were going to go in the direction of, of music and the arts like pretty young age? I was told that I was going to grow up to be six feet tall. Okay. So I thought I was going to be a professional basketball player. Fair. Um, Fair. <laughs> 
and but but music was the other thing. Yeah. So the, those were the two things. Did and you I play? Had, did you play ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh, I did. All right. Um, Get and into uh, that too. no, I didn't just like decide. Oh, I'll be tall. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I started playing playing basketball around the same time as guitar, actually. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Um, but, so, uh, so once you realized, when did you realize you weren't going to be a professional basketball player? Um, like midway through high school. Okay. Um, but you were but, on high school team. Yeah, I was the league's leading scorer. Yes. <laughs> Um, what was your game like? Are you like, were you a, were, let me, were you like a four? Like, um, so I was a one mostly in, wow. in high school. I was a one the whole time. A six foot one. Well, no, I'm not six feet. I'm, I'm five, I'm five, oh, five and a half. Oh, you thought you were going to be six yeah, yeah, feet. Yeah, I yeah. see what's happening now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause my dad, my dad has three older, I have three half brothers who are all over six feet. My dad and his twin are the shortest oh, in their family and they're five eleven. Okay. And the rest of like his sisters and everything. So they were like, and I was five five in eighth grade. So oh. they were like, Yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna be over six Wait, feet. Wait, so for sure. point guard and league's leading scorer. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yeah. You were good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. What um, uh who did you like model your game after? Who's your favorite favorite player to watch that you like to yeah, I don't. I didn't care about that. Really? <laughs> I, yeah, it's never that weird? were like into like pro or college basketball. No, I mean I like watching games, but I didn't. I mean when I was a when I was a little kid, I liked Penny Hardaway a oh, lot. Come on, yeah, I liked Penny Hardaway and I liked Shaq because I liked Orlando Magic. The but most, I didn't. The best NBA Jam teams by far. Yes, come yes, on. exactly. Come on. Um, and uh, oh, I loved NBA Jam so oh, much. The best. Um, I still have it, but it only plays in black and white, but it works. I don't know why it's in black and white, but, um, it just lost that function. Yeah. It's really weird. That is. But, um, so I guess, I guess, but that was more of a, just like, I thought he was cool and less of like, I'm going to play like him. Right. Right. Um, and I guess in those days there wasn't really like the WNBA model wasn't even in existence quite so much yet. Right. Yeah. I think. I don't even know. I can't remember when it started, but I think when I thought I was going to be professional, I just was like, there will be women's professional basketball at some point. Yeah. Well, you're right. Contracts are starting to get big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're starting to get paid. You might have made the wrong decision. (laughs) Well, it was made for me. (laughs) Oh, how so? I'm too short. Oh, you just, yeah. Didn't think you could make it at 5'5"? No, cause I, cause I'm not like a Muggsy Bogues, you know. I'm not right. like short and like absurdly good. I'm yeah, like, like just you, regular good. Right. If you're that size, you need a lot of speed and and like a ridiculous handle for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. I was like, I was like good, but I wasn't like absurd. Yeah. You still ever get out and play? Not since my meniscus surgery. Oh, man, that's which I tore. I tore that in a. I tore that in a basketball, a college game, the day. Heath Ledger died. Whoa, wow. weird. Okay. <laughs> That's how I remember what day both of those things happened. Yeah, you got to get back out there. I, I think know, it's I time. want to. I think yeah. it's time. I got a new basketball on the last tour. Rick, you, do you know Rick? I do. He kept trying to challenge me to a basketball game. Oh, he's tall. Yeah. Yeah, he's tall. Um, he's in my fantasy basketball league, actually. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, with Jeff. 
Okay. okay. Which I'm actually in the playoffs right now, about to beat all of them. I hope they're listening. Oh, okay. Good <laughs> luck. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's um, awesome. I didn't think yeah. this one was going to get into basketball, and it's always <laughs> such a wonderful pleasure for me when it does. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever that- uh, do you go to Nets games? You're in Brooklyn. I have been to one Nets game. Okay. Nope. I've been to two Nets games. Um, it, that's, that stadium or arena is very steep and scary. <laughs> it is. It's so steep. You know what? I actually, I'm a season ticket holder for the Nets. Oh, and wow. I brought, uh, so I'm the first row of the second level. Okay. And I bring like, I started bringing my son to games and I hadn't realized like, how terrifying getting into my seat was yeah. Yeah. until I'm like looking at my son and looking at what's in front of him. Yeah. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. There's literally a one foot piece of glass and then like a 70 foot drop. It's scary. It is a little scary. Yeah. The, the second time, the second game I went to, actually we got to be in a box because I got these tickets for my oh, job. Yes. Um, and so that was way less scary. Yeah. Those are pimp. Yeah, and the, there were other people. There were like fancy people in the box with us in like suits and stuff. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think they liked us. But no, I know that experience actually. because yeah. <laughs> I had a friend who was a a promoter for Red Bull. Yeah, so he, you know, he'd book shows for Red Bull, and then every once in a while, he'd sort me out with either a Nets game in the Red Bull box or uh, a Red Bulls game in a Red Bull box to be <laughs> yeah. trite. And uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember uh, there's a certain way you can conduct yourself in the box, basically like a normal person that I think yeah. freaks out. Those uh, I, I don't know though. I Do you get, when you're in a situation like that, I usually feel like self-conscious for like the first half and yeah. then some kind of natural counterculture punk rock thing sparks in me like about midway through and then I really bury my heels in and kind of get like more annoying. <laughs> well, we were being we were being regular. They just didn't want us there, you know. Oh, it's like we just weren't your even sheer like, presence. Yeah, and we were I was, you know, in like jeans and a t-shirt probably and they were like in suits. But we got there first. They were late, so we had like the we like kind of staked out our little area and we're like we're sitting here. Yeah. Yes, we're supposed to be here. How do you think we got in? Right. Get over it. Ugh. It's much stranger <laughs> to go to a basketball game in a suit anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they were the weird ones. Exactly. Wait, that's, yeah, like, whoa, what are you doing here? All right. <laughs> um, well, speaking of, like, my, my kid kind of made me think of it. Like, you know, I'm a parent now, and yeah. I hear about the environment you grew up in, you know, with a lot of music and, and um you know, parents who seem supportive of that type of thing. And that gets me excited. Like what, what was their vibe in lockstep with like music and, and school? Like, uh, were they totally open to it? Like what were the standards of real life you had to keep to do all this fun stuff? Um, well, I, I got good grades and stuff, so it never like became a problem. Okay. You know, um, and I, I, I mean, I liked my school. <laughs> I had like really cool teachers and, and, uh, hmm. I had a good time in high school. So I, I just, I just tried to do all that stuff 
And because I wasn't like, I didn't like go out really. And I didn't, I didn't like drink or anything, you know, cause I had to, I drove everywhere once I got my license. So, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Um, you were, you were that friend, the driver? Yeah. Uh, and like, as, cause I also lived out in Maryland. So like, I'd have to drive into DC to see my friends, you know? Okay. Um, so yeah, I just, I, me and my friend Justin would like alternate driving and, uh, so I, they were, they, it was fine. They like were encouraging, yeah. you know, and I played in like the jazz band at school. So it was like part of school stuff too. And, right. um, as long yeah. as, as long as you weren't ruffling the other side of life, they were fine with it. Yeah. Everything was, you know, <laughs> going great. <laughs> ah, I, love I played my it. little sports. I played like four seasons of sports in high school and I played and I played my music and I got all my work, my homework done. So. <laughs> <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So uh, so what what was the impetus to uh, get up to Brooklyn? Um, after college, I... Went back home for a year or like to Maryland. I got an apartment in Maryland and um, was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to like try a different city than 
because I've been in DC my whole life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just had a bunch of friends, both from high school and college, who were moving here. So it seemed like an, like I was deciding between Brooklyn, LA, Portland, and um, Wellington, New Zealand. Oh, wow. I just, I just wanted to go there. Um, Does seem like a cool place. Yeah, I actually got to visit and it it is very cool. Um, (laughs) But, uh, I, yeah, I had a bunch of friends here and it seemed the easiest, like, cause it's, I can drive back to Maryland, like, you know, um, or get on a, like a really quick bus as opposed to flying across the country to get back home. Sure. Sure. Um, so I thought I'll just move up there for like two years or whatever. And that was in 2009 and, uh, I'm still here. Yeah. What'd you do for, um, like what kind of work and stuff did you get into when you got up there? I worked in restaurants. Um, okay. Cause it was the most flexible sure. thing, you know, as, as we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I was like serving and then I was managing a restaurant and then I was doing, went to another restaurant. I've just, I've worked in three restaurants in my New York time and one of them was for three years and one of them was for like six and a half. I just stopped working there. Oh, wow at the start of the pandemic because I had transitioned into doing like catering and mobile events and those were gone. (laughs) Oh, shit. So, yeah. But, uh... And is that still like where you're, you know, are you you still going to do stuff like that when you're not touring? Are you you good to just be all into music at this point? I don't know. It's hard to tell because it's like, (laughs) you know... See see what the check looks like (laughs) after tour. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. basically. Um, Because it's like, I can't, I can't do that stuff because I'm going to be on tour, but like, I don't know what's going to happen when I get back in July or whatever. Yeah. That's that's kind of a, that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Shouldn't have really asked that. No, Um, it's fine. (laughs) I've been thinking about it a lot. Like over the winter, I was like, okay, maybe I can go get a job. And I was like, oh, but I'm leaving in one month. Like who's going to hire me? If musicians only had the answer to that question, (laughs) then we'd feel a lot more comfortable. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's, 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 Talk about like music a little because, um, you know, I really uh, got taken aback by a couple of songs. You actually made me cry today. <gasps> um, Why? I was watching a video for I Would Find You. Oh. And I just like got caught up in like the the landscape of the song and the lyrics and, and I started crying. I thought it oh. was really sweet and... But also like moody and broody where it like caught that other part of me like musically, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's quite, quite cool. Um, for, for that song in particular, like what, do you remember how, how you set up the landscape and what's, what's the instrumentation on that track? Yeah. Um, so it is, the drums are played by Michael, my brother. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's like some guitar that's pretty, it's like chords in the chorus and then like just that little riff a little bit. It's like very light on guitar for for one of my songs. Yeah, it's spacey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and most, I don't remember, I know we used a Juno synth on it and oh, one that's other. Oh, that sound is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. There was one other synth, but I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, it's awesome. It's a great track. Um, thank you. Yeah. So what's your normal uh what's your normal style for for putting a track together? Um you know what where do you uh what's the starting off point? Are you are you on a riff, a melody, lyrics? Like 
what what gets it jumped off for you? Usually it's um a riff or like a little chord progression. Uh-huh. Um that starts it and sometimes that will happen at like the same time basically as a melody. Mm. Um like most of the time I'll either just be like sitting around and start humming something and be like, "Uh-oh, better get my guitar or voice memo or whatever." Right, right. Or I'll just be like farting around on the guitar, just like watching TV. And then I'll be like, oh, that was cool. What was that? And mm-hmm. do a whole thing. Um, lyrics, like full, like there'll be a couple words sometimes where I just like say whatever like words are coming to mind based on the song. But lyrics usually come way later for me. They take me the longest amount of time Okay, to what, get done. I'm, what kind of lyric writer are you? Are you a, you know out in the world, observing, jotting down, kind of? Or are you someone who needs to, you know, really sit down and, and focus at some point? I keep a little notebook and, and also now a, um like a notes app file thing right, on my right. phone of just like thoughts or like lines that will come <laughs> to me. And um, then when it's time to like put the song together... Usually it will have like, I'll kind of know what it's about vaguely just because that's what the music will sound like to me. Okay. And I'll kind of go through that and see if there's anything that's jumping out, like go through my little no, like notes of lines that I've already written and see if anything jumps out as like that makes sense or like, or like jogs something. And then I'll write around that usually. Okay. Um, very rarely a song will just, like I recently wrote one that just, all the lyrics just came out with the song in a stream of consciousness oh, and cool. like in one go and it was done. Um, but usually it's like a, it's more, a more deliberate, like take things that I've already kind of written down and then write around them sure, or, and like change them up to make them fit the melody. Right. And yeah. That's awesome. And like when you're walking out in the world and you know, what, What's the type of stuff that usually like elicits, uh, you know, some kind of an emotional or like psychological response where you, where you um, like feel like it drives something to write? What, what's the stuff out in the world that, that seems to most often elicit that out of you? Um, I don't know. It's, it's like a, Usually if I'm if it's something that's outside it's like a like a nature thing. Nice. Um that just kind of like just looks or feels a certain way to look at. Um sometimes I'll just it'll just be like because I'm outside walking around like my brain's kind of doing its own thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like I'm not like thinking but it's 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 thinking on the side and then it'll be like Here's a here's a thought. It's good, and I'll be like, "Oh, that yeah." That's it's good. almost like a like a meditative part. Like like you're mm-hmm. you're looking through it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because it's cool. like I'm not really like thinking about. I'm not. I don't usually. I'm not when I'm writing these things down. I'm like not out to write. I'm just like existing. Or yeah. Whatever. Right. Um, and that's when like we're in the shower. That's a great <laughs> place for that. You know. Yeah. I'll like get out of the shower and immediately go write something down before I do anything else. It's a, it's bizarre. The shower has become like one of the last places in the world at this point you can't use your phone. 
Yeah. So it's well, like, well, yeah. oh, you can now, right? They're waterproof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have an iPhone five. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No, can. don't take that. I, can. <laughs> I had the six, and then I went straight up to the eleven, and I was like, "Whoa!" Oh, what's phones it like? Are crazy now. I'm scared. It's wild. I'm scared what yeah. the world's gonna be like when I have to upgrade. I'm not. Yeah. You can. You can. I mean, I don't take it in the shower, but I can like right. type. I can type on it. Ugh, I'm scared. When I'm I, still wet, you know. I'm going to be talking to like QAnon in like a day. I'm gonna be like, what happened? <laughs> what did this phone do to me? <laughs> um, um, so I I went to uh, Jeff Rosenstock to get some meat on you. Mm-hmm. But really, all he told me about was A, that he needs to rehearse a saxophone solo and that he can't <laughs> just rip a 16 bar saxophone solo. I thought he could just jam him. But can you tell me about Monopoly Deal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is it? You sound stoked. It rules. I got introduced to it by David Combs from Bad Moves. Okay. Um, uh, he did a tour with us. We like just got into it. He did this. He taught it to us at the show we played with them. It was like his birthday show and he taught it to me and Tony. And now we're obsessed because it's basically... It's Monopoly, but it's cards, and the games are way shorter. It's like fifteen minutes a game, oh. and you get like, I mean, you get all you get like property cards. You get all the Monopoly stuff, and you just ha- it's like just a strategy game where you're like you got to get three Monopolies, and there's money and like, wow. oh, it's just so it's like it's endlessly entertaining. We this played is like it. modern Monopoly. This is very intriguing. Yeah, it's really good. Like I like Monopoly, the board game. I know a lot of people don't. And people who don't like the board game still love the card game. Well, I love the board game. Yeah, me too. You know, just like the same way I don't have time for a bender, (laughs) I I don't often have time to actually finish a Monopoly game. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. So this is perfect. It's like 15 minutes. I mean, you know, they can go longer. Do you still get to be a piece? You're not a piece, no. Mm, that's no. disappointing. Is that a deal killer, Penny? <laughs> no, but it makes me killer. think, you know what it made me think is that the next tour Elise is on, if you're playing a lot of Monopoly deal, you should have like Monopoly deal like hats. You know, oh. like one person can have like a little Scotty, one person can have a thimble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, a, what were the other ones? A little ship. Um, um, wasn't there like a, a wheelbarrow or something? Yes, a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> what was your piece? What did what was your go-to piece? I think I liked the thimble because I liked that you could squ- actually squish it on your finger. Yes, you could play with it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I also liked the dog because it was cute. Yeah. I have a yeah. Scotty dog. Oh. Yeah. They are cute. I want one. He's very That's cute. great. Can you fit on your Monopoly board? <laughs> uh, I mean, you'd fit on a Monopoly he'd board. He'd try. But, try. Yeah. You'd be like, fuck Park Place. I'm a Baltic man. Um, <laughs> well, that's awesome. I got to try this game. That sounds fun. It sounds like a great tour game. Yeah. Yeah, because you can play it fast and it's small because it's cards. Yeah. You get it for like six bucks or whatever at like CVS. And it's awesome. Yeah, oh, we Do we still it- have fake, fake cash? Yeah, there's there's like money cards. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Everything is a card. They really thought of this. This is great. Yeah. So, and you get like three every time it's your turn. You get to do three things. Uh, and so, like, you can put money in your bank. You could put properties down. You could like play a deal breaker card and steal somebody's entire monopoly. I love this. I love and it this. gets really exciting because there's also like 
these cards that say just say no. And if you have one of those and someone tries to like do something to you, you can say that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And then there's all this screaming going. It's it's really fun. Oh, so if someone tries. So wait. So let me take this this uh, <laughs> variable. So say say you have a, a hotel on Park Place. Uh huh. And someone lands there, and you have a just say no card. You cannot pay the rent on that. Yeah, I mean, they're not wow. landing there. You're, like, charging rent with rent cards. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, they can just say no that. I like that. If they have that card. And then if you have a just say no card, you can just say no there, just say no. <laughs> I love this. It's kind of like you. I've never imagined that I could be, like, a squatter in a Monopoly game. <laughs> and now I think yeah. that if, if I'm living in a property, I won't pay for, you know? It's this it's awesome. really good. Yeah. I highly recommend it. We're... We're all ready to play on all of our spring tours that are coming up. Yeah, I'm you're very excited. Up. Well, yeah. At least put my consideration of the different hats at least yeah, yeah. into like the pile because that'd be fun, you know. I'll text. I've been talking to Zach um, from Pup, and they they all love it too. So like, I'll let Perfect. them know that they need to come with hats. <laughs> and they have until June to figure it out. All right, hats by June, everyone. <laughs> Get the memo. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So I saw you leave. Speaking of which, you leave for pretty heavy touring starting in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, what is the most important thing you need to be happy on the road? And oh. what is your least favorite part of touring? Okay. Um, I'm still working on the most important thing to be happy. Okay. To figure it Does out. Does that mean you're not happy on tour? I, I, I have my ups and downs. Yeah. I love touring, but I need to, I need to be better about it mm. mental, mental health wise. Ha- so I'm thinking okay. snacks. I'm trying to figure out snacks. I don't snack, but I always get hungry and then I get uh, upset. Low blood sugar. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but as of right now, water bottle, I would say, is the most important. Yeah, like a good... Like a good yeah. everyday water bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Not like a little plastic whatever that, like just having my one that I carry around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also working headphones for when I need to like be by myself. And tone out. Yeah. Yeah. Those are probably the two important, most important. Well, I heard in an interview that you, you lived, you lived alone a lot. Um, I don't know yeah. if you still do. I do. Um, I personally am someone who very much values my alone time as well. Uh, yeah. Do you find that to be an issue of tour for you is like carving out that time to let just like your body and your mind kind of be by itself? Yeah. I'm really bad at it also. Cause I always want to like, like participate yeah, yeah. <laughs> in everything. Your so FOMO. I never, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I, so I, I definitely don't get enough alone time, even though I, love being alone and yeah. need it. Yeah, yeah. So, are you comfortable eating alone? Uh, yeah. Cuz I found that to be really good for me because it really creeps other people out and they totally leave you alone when you're there. Like Oh, like going to a place and eating. Yeah, like if you go yeah. to like a cafe with a book by yourself, no one fucking talks to you. It's like so obvious. That- Unfortunately, that is not true. <laughs> oh, because does it work better because I'm a man? 
I think so. Yeah. Mm. The big man with a mustache. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I always forget I, this element. Because <laughs> I have, I, I mean, sometimes it works for sure. Depends on where I am. But, but I've definitely. Sometimes someone goes, oh, what are you reading? Yeah. And yeah. then I tell them and then they start talking about oh, something else. God like, damn it. I'm sorry. And sometimes it's yeah. fun because sometimes it's, sometimes when it's someone who genuinely like if I'm sitting at a bar and I'm reading this book and we've both been there for a while and they're genuinely genuinely curious, they ask about the book and we talk about the book. That's kind of cool sometimes. Sure, sure. Because then, you know, but it's, I feel like you're just asking me so you can start talking. Like, yeah, right. I but you can, you myself. never can tell, right? I mean, like what's, no, yeah. what's an intriguing book conversation and what's going to turn into something shitty in like six minutes, right? Totally. Yeah. Mm. But um, I'm sorry. That's It's okay. No, it's, Fine. Some, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it works, but we're also not going out to eat on these tours. Oh, right. Right. You're still bubbled up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so I guess that's an even different element. Like you used to be able to kind of have like escapes on tour that are a little less available than they used to be. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, the headphones then. That's big. As far as (laughs) snacks, like, I don't know. You like nuts? You like, yeah, you I like, like seeds? You like seeds? Seeds are fine. Yeah. Yeah. I find those, you know, just buy a giant, like, like big Costco bag, like before you leave, just so you have a bunch of almonds around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. I think I, we might bring a little, like a cooler and have some like yogurts in there and stuff. Just Ooh. be a little extra fancy. It's dangerous. Well, I've never, I gotta be honest, I've never seen. A cooler be successful on tour. Slaughter Beach Dog had one, and they, they pull it, it off. I think they pulled it off. I would okay. see Jake like bring it in and and like dump and fill it see, in the hotel the every now Someone and again. Someone has to be cooler person, or else yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah, someone totally. has to take cooler ownership. Yeah, I think I think if I what I say by we might bring it is if I decide to be cooler <laughs> person, it, right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna right. bring it. I don't think anybody else cares about it as much as I as I do. Okay. So you're still figuring out what 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 you need to make you happy. Yeah. Fair. It takes a But fucking... I mean playing the shows makes me happy. Yeah, that so helps, right? You get yeah. that every night. Yeah. Yeah, the payoff at least. Yeah. So what is your least favorite part about touring? Um My least favorite part is Be honest, you're not gonna hurt anyone's feelings. Um, for some reason, I just, this is not, the way I said my least favorite part is, I remember, it reminded me of saying, if I were on a cruise ship, like, <laughs> do you remember that's some game that? No. What's the game? There's some game that, I don't know, that's all I remember about it. You say, <laughs> if I were on a cruise ship, and then you list some things. Um, sorry. Uh, my least favorite part is probably just like the, just like the general sleeping situations. Right, right. Because, like, I'm a bad sleeper anyway. Right. So that's probably my least favorite not having your own space and stuff for that. Yeah, it's kind of related, but... Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. That's fucking really hard. Um, Well, cool. I'm not going to (laughs) tell you... I'm not going to ask your favorite part because this isn't a fluffy podcast, you know? (laughs) We're hard-hitting. Right, Brad? Yeah. That's what we're here for. Get the dirt. Get the dirt and get out. What about right. napping? Oh, Have you learned how this. to nap on tour? Because that's where I learned to nap was on tour. <laughs> I'm I'm okay at napping. I'm better at napping at home, honestly. Mm. But um, I'm okay at napping. 
It just doesn't We're, count for as much, I, I found, when you're on tour. It's almost like a way to kill time instead of actually <laughs> become rested, you know? I haven't taken yeah. a nap since, like, 1986. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how. Uh, I uh, I like to... I, I can do a nap in the car. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Okay, because sure. I, I get bored, so then I'm like, yeah, then I just got to kill this drive, so I'll go to sleep. As long as you're not driving, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is only a back seat also. I try not to nap in the front seat, although sometimes I do get tired. Yeah, so you can't help it sometimes. Yeah. The road lulls you to sleep, all those lines. All those lines and like a nice pleasant podcast or something on. That's it. That's it. Yeah. There's no amount of caffeine that can not <laughs> lull you to sleep. Yeah. I know, I've tried. Um, so let's get to another funny part of the podcast, which is okay. our mutual friend, Chris Farron. Uh-huh. And he's funny. He's very funny. And, <laughs> you know, he hits me up today. He's like, oh, sorry it took so long. And I'm like, give me a funny story and we're even. <gasps> so can you tell me a story about Chris telling you to smile on the video shoot? Do you remember this? Oh, <laughs> I remember it in the way where like, oh, what did he say? He was like, he was saying something about, he was like, this is never something I would say, <laughs> but, but you need to smile. I don't, I can't remember it specifically. I remember laughing. That whole shoot was super fun, honestly, because he was very funny, but also very on top of everything. <laughs> oh yeah. I can imagine he, uh, Chris is, he's a very responsible character. His, his yeah. public, his public image is not, people would be surprised. How put yeah. together he is behind the scenes. He was so put together. We got there and he was like, okay, now we, and we just, we filmed the video like in order. <laughs> right. And so he'd be like, this scene is like this. And, and then he'd be like, and so you're going to come in here and this is the action. You're going to do this. And then you're going to, and he had like, he had like all these directions for everything. He'd be like, all right, now let's shoot it. And then we'd get it in like one or two takes and he'd wow. be like, great. And now the next thing was this. really, yeah. So it was really fun. And so there were lots of fun moments where he would talk, like, he would be like, you need to smile bigger or whatever that were like All right. pretty silly. I just got the exact story of how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, remind me. So he said, <laughs> the first day we worked on the video, I literally, and without any irony, directed her to smile more and then realized how mortifying that sounded. Yeah. He said it made sense in terms of video, but I felt bad and felt like a dumbass and said, oh my fucking God, I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. But apparently, but then was like, yeah, but still smile more in this part. <laughs> so he still actually yeah. doubled down. He did double. And I remember like, it. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like I get why he would be embarrassed. I didn't think it was that embarrassing. I thought it was pretty normal <laughs> direction I love, since we were making a video. Chris is only a few years in LA and he Hollywooded you hard. <laughs> yeah. He brought a really fancy yeah. um, cameraman. Clay Tatum came. He told you, and, to, told you to smile. Yeah. But then like backed out and you still did it. Yeah. You know, like he, he tricked you. He tricked <laughs> he you. Really got me. Where he nailed I you. know. <laughs> <laughs> That's super funny though. But the video is, is fucking great and like so clever. I love watching it. It's yeah, it was, it's fun. He did a, he kept sending me like the week before I went out there. Cause we had like a call about like the, the idea for it. And 
he just kept sending me these like like little clips of him making all the cartoons and I just was like how are you doing this at all I don't really get it and also how are you doing this so fast yeah right like, right he had like the first one like the day after we had the call he was like I was thinking like they would look like this and they would sing along and they were already like singing along to the song and that's stuff. so funny he did yeah. say the video ruined his computer basically he didn't tell me that <laughs> and I told him it was too much sizzling hot data you know <laughs> yeah. it's just too good Oh, I didn't know about that, but uh, no, okay. sorry, don't feel sorry, bad. Chris's computer. Nah, I don't. You know, Chris. You know, Chris is funded by by Warner Brothers, uh, <laughs> Sony. All the major, all the yeah. major groups are funding Chris on the side. That's how he puts out so many films. Mm-hmm, how he keeps mm-hmm. that impeccable, that the impeccable skin that he has. He um, was trying to get a. I just saw him over the weekend play here, and he was talking about getting an Adobe sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I don't think he's ever had a zit in his life. Oh, uh, probably not. Guy like no. that. You born know? hot, you know? Yeah, born hot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was listening to the song, uh, is it Stuck of yours? Uh-huh. Which is uh-huh. pretty epically chunky, like really, really, really nice guitar chunks in that song. And it really like, picked my ears up. So I thought, this was a perfect part of the show to introduce Brad's nerdy guitar question corner. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's taking me by surprise too. Oh, I told you to prepare guitar questions, Brad. <laughs> um, well, I was listening to the new record and was impressed by the range of uh, sort of guitar tones, which is mm. nice because, you know, uh, a lot of times they don't vary that much over somebody's record. So I was yeah. just curious what, um, I was just going to ask you what you were using on that record. If there's a particular setup that you like, I I hear an orange amp. Do you use orange amps or was that just me? I, um, I don't think we used an orange amp. Mm-hmm. We used... So we did it at the at the studio, the 38 North studio with like um Bartiz and Michael. Oh cool. Uh for for most of the like rhythm guitars and some of the leads. So oh what were we using? There was like Oh my gosh. There was so for stuck and for some of the other stuff we used two amps. Nice. And like yeah, and then just like combine them yep. together. Um, I know on Stuck, the guitar, we used two different baritone guitars. We used my baritone, which is a reverend. Um, and then we also used this, I think it was called a Neptune um, that was in the studio. I, and I looked it up. It was like a $4,000 guitar. Ooh. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll never yeah, own this, but I don't even it's know fun that to play. Guitar. Yeah. yeah, I'd never heard it either, but it sounded good, um, especially combined that like, my baritone sounds awesome, but with both of them together, enormous. Wow. Um, and we use this pedal called a Foul Sounds um, uh, Oblivion, which is just like super chunky, but still like really clear. Right. So you could hear all the different notes. Um, and yeah, I don't think we used an orange, but but it does have, oops, it does definitely have that like orange sound. Nice ring to, it, to some I of think. it. So yeah. do you use a baritone live when you play live? So I haven't yet, but I'm going to. This this just, I just got the baritone right before this record. I've been wanting one forever. Right. 
Um, and I got it and then I wrote all these songs. So yes, I'm going to be, it's coming on all the tours. Oh, that's cool. Upcoming. Um, but I have, I haven't, the only live like thing I've done with it is when we did like our live stream tour thing last year. Are you going to, yeah. are you going to switch out like, like, like a song, like, are you going to play the baritone on like bad brain days or only like the, the slower, slower jams? Um, yeah, I'm not going to play it on bad brain days. I'm going to play it on all the, I'm going to play it on like the chunkers, the, the chunkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the songs on the record that have it, I'm going to play it except, except like the last summer there's baritone on there and I, I'm not going to, cause like I can't play the solo. Oh, if I do right, that. right, right. Um, cause like of the frets. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the release show, John, um, Jeff's John is coming. Jeff's John <laughs> is coming to play oh, third guitar. Poor John. No. <laughs> um, Are we just saying Jeff's John because no one can pronounce his last name? Is it, is it Dominici? <laughs> you got to be from Long Island to say it. It's the only way. I think I thought it was just did Dominici. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just i i I think it's funny to call him Jeff's John. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> but uh, he's coming to play guitar and baritone, so it's gonna oh, be sick. huge because we're gonna have three guitars at yeah. that. And I'm very that's fun. I've never owned a baritone, but I've always wanted to have to have one. I think it's a great instrument. It's so fun. Yeah. It's like the when I got it at stuck. I wrote the day I got it because I was just like so excited about. Having that makes this ch- sense. Chunky, actually. heavy thing. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense that you wrote it that day. I'm like, this is heavy. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I can be, I can be so loud. Yeah, now. you were like, just stoked to riff on that thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I'm really, I'm. You should get one. Mm, I should. They're very fun. Yeah. What, very when cool. you were like, when you're going for like the ultimate fuzz, chunky part, what's like the uh paramount part you're looking for is there a part in anyone else's song that you're like oh that's like the best chunk the best chunk yeah who's got the best chunk around you know that's gonna be my next podcast (laughs) who's got the best chunk? best just the best chunk um be a great pot you just need to get chunk from goonies to do the intro (laughs) i didn't see that movie you haven't seen it yet no that's, they they be say there. shit a lot in that movie. It's waiting for you. It's waiting for I you. I feel like I feel like it's too late. No way. <laughs> Listen, to me, Goonies is like the actual prequel to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know? Because you're really Oh yeah, because yeah, Sean Astin. You're really seeing Sean Astin come of age there, you yeah. know? Like you can't uh, watch Lord <laughs> of the Rings without Goonies and Rudy, you know? Well, I watched it without both, so Wow. <laughs> then, then I'm gonna go ahead and say you just didn't quite understand it. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, what is the ultimate chunk? I don't know. There's so many good chunks. There's a lot of good chunks. And and I'm doing that thing where like every chunk, every chunk I've ever heard is flown out of my yeah, head. Right. That's okay. Um, I liked. Um, I wasn't specifically thinking of this, but. Like you know that band Darkest Hour, yeah. Um, that that kind of vibe Ooh. was in there for me. Like, do you listen to proper heavy music like that? I I liked Darkest Hour a lot as a kid. I I just went back and listened to a couple songs like a few days ago. How did they like, sit oh, yeah. with you with age? 
I was like, damn, this rips. They aged okay. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah they're a good band. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I then I immediately got an email being like, did you know Darkest Hour just announced the tour? And oh, I was boy. like, you get out of here, you frickin'. Fucking Google. You got yeah. cookied hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... We're all going to get off this interview and get emails for fucking guitar pedals now. <laughs> Even me. Yeah. Even me. I'm going to break the... Uh, Break the algorithm. <laughs> I did just get a lot of new pedals. Who? Yeah, I like heavy stuff. I, I guess, in in that darkest hour vein. But I also I more liked like um, like strike anywhere kind oh, of vibe, yeah. which I would still call heavy stuff. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. It's just the but faster um, side. I love. Yeah, a, yeah. I love a strike anywhere. Yeah. So I, I was really into that that stuff. I was uh, supposed to have Thomas on for a podcast. Oh. He answered a while ago, and then when I tried to set it up, I got an email again. Yes, send a follow-up. I will, I will. Everything's weird, you know? Because I like to imagine that Thomas is, like, periodically just, like, wandering the globe somewhere. Like, (laughs) you know, like, people like that. I just imagine every three to six months out of the year, just, like, wandering the globe, handing out, like, bread (laughs) to people and stuff. (laughs) Right. I hope So, yeah, you just got to check in. I'll just stay persistent, yeah. I will say, in terms of like a little chunky sound like or like the stuff that we used like as sound reference for the record we use like um this very specific section in like a b-side green day song oh really that um yeah that's uh uh it's the one that's like i want to give it up and drown in the way i don't but i can't remember the name of it okay um it's on it's on that whatever record shenanigans um oh the one that like the pre-american idiot record is that what it was i don't remember yeah it's just got a bunch of like b-sides on it yeah yeah it's like the one yeah it's like white with like purple and orange like like light strain whatever we use that and we used uh we use like coast to coast that elliot smith song right um as like a sound thing, because that's like heavy without being crunchy. Yeah, yeah. And I liked I liked that too. Because he kind of had that like hollow body yeah. sound, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, everything's kind of spaced out nice. And then there's like two drum kits on that song, which we did on a couple songs. So oh, you did? Like, Fun. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. We did it on all on those three that are like um like the theme, you know. That's awesome. Melvin style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was cool. It's also um, wall of sound style. So he used to double everything. Like That makes bass, sense. Drums. Yeah. Wondering why two drummers is such a cool, like, effect live. I'm, like, wondering why more people don't do it. Do you think it's because carrying drum... <laughs> drums around is yeah. terrible? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Honestly... Honestly, that's probably why it starts because it's like, you know, most bands, especially these days, like you kind of have to grind it usually first. Yeah. When things like space are a big concern and a big problem. So like the idea, yeah, like people probably abandon the concept before it even becomes possible. Totally, and then by the time they get big, they're just not a two drummer band. And then it's hard to add one, you know, once you already (laughs) got your thing. Yeah, you got your little thing going. Yeah, like we are just just now starting to have four people for like because we used to tour right in my car, and 
and to fit everything, there couldn't be another person in there. We had <laughs> right. to fold some of the seats down. Yeah. You know? Every so, step of the way, there's always that, like, oh, now we have another box of merch, so yeah. we need to get take this seat out. And now, like, yeah. Yeah, we're taking our biggest van yet. We're getting a sprinter on this upcoming tour. Nice. Because it's like... You're yeah. renting? Yeah, we're renting. You're renting. I, yeah, so we'll be, we won't be squished. We did a minivan for the Jeff tour and like, it's fine. You know, we all fit in there and we were borrowing drums. They let us, um, Zach let us use his drums. Well, um, just in time for gas prices to be reasonable for you. I know. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, I guess you're going to have to do inflation on merch, you know? Shirts are $50 yeah, now. Shirts are <laughs> brought to you by Amco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, good. So I noticed. Uh, what, Brad? I'm sorry. Are we? We're still in guitar corner. I was going to ask. Else? I, well, yeah. so you said you got a bunch of new pedals, and I was going to say, like, Ooh, is there yeah. any cool pedal you want to prop? Um. Well, the new ones I just got. I haven't. I haven't played with haven't enough dug yet. Into them yet? Yeah, but um, what's your favorite overall pedal that you could not get rid of? The tuner. <laughs> I was I was gonna jokingly say the tuner. Oh, sorry, my uh, own chromatic. <laughs> I um no, I really like. Um, I have a bunch of like fuzz and distortion pedals that I really like. I kind of alternate between what sound I'm going with, but right now I'm using that foul sounds one a lot mm-hmm. that I just talked about, and then also this native audio one. Um. I think it's called a Kiayo. Uh, that's an overdrive pedal that's just like very good sounding and clear and also very simple, which I like for like playing shows and stuff. Right. And then for recording, I have like, we use like a bunch of Earthquaker stuff on the record. Oh, nice. Um, like the Palisades and, and the Astral Destiny and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I really like those pedals, but I, usually when I'm playing live, I like to do less. Right. <laughs> so I don't right. I don't bring them on tour as much, but I love I love playing with them at home. Sweet. I used to use the spires. Always bring less. Bring yeah. less. Yeah. If that's any advice I could ever give to a guitar <laughs> player, is I've been sitting behind guitar players with their shit breaking for like <laughs> twenty-eight years. Yeah. And just the less you have, the better your variables are going mm-hmm. into a show. You know? Yeah. Like, it's cool. We're we're pick, taking one of the songs. The song in Human has like three pedals on it that I have to use for it that I don't use for anything else. Oh, okay. We're taking it out of the set. So those pedals all get to stay home this time around, which <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about. That's um, smart. Yeah. But uh you, Yeah, I, I used to have this I I used to have this great I know I still have it, but now I'm scared to take it on tour because they stopped making it. Earthquake Advisors had the Spires pedal mm. that it has like two overdrives in it. And so I would use the red channel as like my regular tone. And then when I would do like a lead, I could turn on the green, which was like, and they had two different volume knobs too. So I could have that be a little louder. And it was like a lot messier in like a fun way. Yeah. So that was like my, that was my go-to pedal for a while. But now that they don't make it, I like, I'm scared for something to happen to it. So I keep it at home. Somebody will copy it. It sounds like anything like that that's got um, multiple uses is really But I want mine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I get attached to things. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you're getting into signature pedal land. Yeah. Yeah. Grab one soon, right? Everyone who's listening, make me 
Another yeah, okay. another thing going off track. Patreons to get on. First, we have to find out the name of Elise's first band, <laughs> and now now we got to get her a uh, a pedal deal. We can figure it out. Um, yeah. So I did know. Now I, I fell asleep for a second when you guys were talking about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to ask about your parents being psychologists and psychiatrists because <laughs> I have one too. But ah, I figured you and I could just like sit on the couch for like a fucking hour and that, that's probably not <laughs> too interesting. Um, yeah. But I saw you're a big reader, took in 22 books a year or two ago. And uh, I wanted to know what your favorite uh, genre of book is. Like, do you have, you know, do you like fluff, like mystery novels and stuff like that? And and who are some of your favorite authors you find yourself going to? Um, I like fantasy and science fiction a lot and i also like just like novels regular novels i guess you know fiction or non-fiction yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. like fiction just the ones that are like just in the fiction section and in like their own um so i've been reading a lot of nk jemison and octavia butler and then um i just read a really good book called the memory police okay what's that vibe that sounds cool it's cool it's i cannot remember the name of the author right now but it's about um it's set in a world where like collectively people just forget things like 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 the whole concept of it um like a computer let's say i can't remember if that's one of the things actually but they just forget that that's a thing and and it's just like gone from the world, except for like some people still remember, but they're like being chased down by the memory police in order to keep like society in order or whatever. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Really cool. I liked that. Um, and I like to read short stories a lot too. Nice. Yeah. What do you think's like the best fantasy sci-fi series ever? Um, I think. Either the Broken Earth trilogy or the Inheritance trilogy, both by N.K. Jemisin. Okay. Um, both fairly new. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Um, I just think they're great. I think they're really, like, the worlds are so, like, built out and you're just, like, you're reading them and you're, like, you're there. Ooh. And there's a bunch of cool twists. And also there's, like, very, like, human interactions even though like it's not always about actual humans oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know it's but it's it's uh i really love those two a lot if someone was to get into to get into that where should they start i would start i would start with the broken earth series so the first one of those is called the fifth season okay um and it's great it's really good i don't want to say too much more yeah i'm gonna text my friend who's a librarian and a big fantasy nerd after this see if he knows oh cool probably does yeah planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Well, that was fun. Yeah. I hope you weren't too nervous. You weren't nervous. I was extremely nervous until immediately it started with talking about colonoscopies. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) This is going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all cleared up there? Big shout out to uh, fans, old school guests, honorary uh, owners of the show, Jeff Rosenstock and Chris Barron. (laughs) Kings, princes. It's funny that, you know, the name Rosenstock has probably been said more on the show than anybody else's name. I love it. Yeah. Imagine, Brad, did you ever Chris think... Chris might be second in, in, to that. You know, who knows? Do you ever think you'd be surrounded by so many words, by a Horowitz and a Rosenstock? <laughs> oh, poor <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Your little white ears are burning all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, I had I had Jeff over. Uh, uh, Jeff and his wife Christine came came to my house for a Hanukkah dinner once. Really? Yeah. Not out there. We are now, though. No, too no. far. Back in it. Yeah, Jeff doesn't <laughs> drive places. <laughs> he he only drives places if it requires a van. Only public <laughs> transport. Well, I don't know. He's at, he's in L.A. now. He might have a car. But anyway, let's not talk about Jeff. He does play a a rip and sax solo on the uh, song Bad Brain Days. And I hit him up. I was like, what kind of physical movements do you do when you play like a sax solo? Because <laughs> my reference, of course, is Tim Capella <laughs> from The Lost Boys. Okay. You know, remember that part? Sexy sax guy with the leather pants at the beginning of Lost Boys? Vaguely. Because I still believe... <laughs> And then he plays that horn solo and he's so like oily and tan and sexy with his sax. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. You remember this it's guy. It's been a while, buddy. Because that is my, that and Rob Lowe in St. Elmo's Fire <laughs> is my reference for sax oh, players, you know? That one doesn't count. So when I see Jeff pop up, I'm like, oh, that's a different style, you know? Different style of sax player. But uh, I think that's anyway. fantastic. Great song, great video. Fun conversation. Yeah, I didn't realize I that Chris did the video. I saw the video, which yeah. I thought was really cute. But Yeah, proper that's, weirdo. That's pretty He's awesome. He's the best. He's the best. So, uh, yeah, check out everything that uh, Elise does. The Oceanator, she's got her own label called uh, Plastic Miracles. The rest mm-hmm. of um, the new record, Nothing's Ever Fine, is going to be out April 8th. There's a couple songs uh, available online now. Check out the first two rec- first EP, and then 2020. There's things I never said, which is also a great record. So lots to dig into. Watch the videos and cry like me. Yeah, the and, socials uh, are all at Oceanator, except for Instagram, which is at Oceanator Band. Um, so check them out there. You know, it's funny. I usually I just rule out like asking where people got their band names from because it's such a trite question. Mm. I'm actually curious this time. I don't know where that band name came from. You know? That Oceanator. What's your guess? I, as somebody who's named many, many bands, my guess yeah. is like that it's probably, there's probably no story. It's probably like, I like the word ocean. What can I do with it? Hmm. You think it's that, that's simple, huh? I bet there's a story. Okay. 
We should ask. It sounds we'll to me like uh, like a product, like a blender, maybe like the Oceanator three thousand or a superhero. You know, who like maybe when we finally figure out how to uh, desalinize seawater, uh, it'll be an Oceanator. Yeah, we'll call the machine that gives us fresh drinking water the Oceanator, and then Elise can can be a billionaire. Or maybe when we find the machine that's going to clean all the fucking plastic out of the goddamn ocean. Oh, that's, yeah. I think... It'll make an ocean. I think that one's a wash, and I think uh, we have to figure out how to live with tiny bits of plastic in us. That seems like the more realistic route to... It's already in there. <laughs> if we scanned your body, there's I tiny know, little know, pieces of plastic all over yeah, your that, body. That, it doesn't freak me out that I have little tiny parasites all over me, but like little pieces of plastic freaks me out. No, that freaks me out. <laughs> to think of all the things like I won't drink, yeah, but I have to have a piece of their bottles inside of me. Oh, that's not fair. Bullshit, you know? <laughs> I won't drink a Coke. It's, uh, it's, it's bad for your insides, you know? And now I have to eat the bottle. <laughs> Jesus, what happened? Let's go live on top of a volcano or something. Let's be monks. So anyway, if you want to uh, support our program, we have a Patreon. And uh, a that weekly... would be patreon.com slash going off track. Patreon and <laughs> a, uh, a great fireside chat every Thursday where we... For our patrons. Yeah, where we talk about all sorts of stuff. Varying, varying topics. We're available on all the and, uh, wherever you get your podcast, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know reviews and stars. Let and us stuff. let let me know if you like the new website. I just finished it. Oh yeah, Brad's got a new website. It's nice. You have Thanks, a new Brad. website too, Benny. Oh yeah, no, I mean, Brad did the new website. You know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. And I'm not giving any teasers. Yeah, the Gaslight Instagram's acting weird. Mm, I noticed it's got that. nothing to do with me. It got <laughs> hacked. Got hacked by the Russians. Yeah, got <laughs> hacked by Russians who really like reel-to-reels and old stereos. <laughs> Serendipitous. Very strange. It's very, very strange. strange. Stay knows? tuned for clues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Brad, uh, love you, man. Have Always a good a one. Pleasure, buddy. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.